بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسل الله تعالى بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا وداعيا إلى الله بإذنه وسراجا منيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يسلح لكم أعمالكم ويخفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وصحبه وسلم إن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدع وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار My dear brothers and sisters elders The topic of my khutbah today is Gratitude is to acknowledge the truth We live in a world where we seem to be surrounded by bad news and that leads us to feeling stressed and depressed and threatened and sometimes hopeless about the future. Many people seem to feel and I get messages all the time that we are living at the end of times and in a world and society that is terrible to live in. If you feel this way, believe me, you are not alone. However, the problem with this feeling is that firstly, it is false, it is not true. And secondly, if you feel this way, then it debilitates you and takes away your initiative and energy. It takes away your ambition and takes away your initiative to do anything. It drains your energy, it sabotages your ambition and increases your anxiety to potentially dangerous levels. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us to be grateful and warned those who are not to beware of his punishment. We know the ayat of Surah Ibrahim, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَإِذْ تَعَذْنَ رَبُّكُمْ لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ وَلَإِن كَفَرْتُمْ إِنَّ عَذَابِ لَشَدِيدٌ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has announced that let people be grateful for their blessings and Allah will increase them and if they are ungrateful then let them beware that the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is severe. Gratitude is energizing and joyful and encouraging and very powerful. And ingratitude is the opposite on all these counts. The question you might ask is, what should you be grateful for? So let me help you with facts. When I was growing up in the 50s, from the 50s to the 80s, we did not have a refrigerator. Not only us, nobody had. We had no gas or electric stove. Food was cooked on firewood or coal in a smoky kitchen or outdoors. 
we routinely had no electricity for many hours a day. Sometimes we had, electric, we had electricity for two hours a day. And so the lights and fans were decoration. We had no central heating or air conditioning. We had one car. Nobody had cars. Even one was a rarity. We had no TV. I don't have a TV in my house for the last 30 years by choice. Those days we didn't have a TV because there were no TVs. And what was on your lap was not a computer. There's no need to smile. Wash out your brain. Phones were not smart. People were. We wrote letters by hand, licked the stamp, stuck it on the envelope, posted it, and counted the days until the postman brought us a reply. We had malaria and cholera and typhoid and polio and tuberculosis. Later, we also got chikungunya and dengue. We always had the flu. And when the doctors didn't know what we had, they called it viral fever. Today, malaria and poliomyelitis have been eradicated. The others remain. I can add to this list, but there are many here who will bear witness with me and thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we can talk about those days today and smile. Today, with air conditioning, antibiotics, painkillers, glasses, and LASIK surgery for side correction, cataract and bypass surgery. Bypass surgery happened only in 1967. Before that, my father had three heart attacks. No, no, there's no treatment. Take rest. Today we have medical diagnostic equipment, advanced pathology, sneakers, thermal underwear and jackets, eating out. We didn't have restaurants. Non-seasonal fruits, treadmills, central heating, indoor flushing toilets. Right? We take, we take all of this for granted. Hot and cold water on tap. When I was growing up, if you wanted hot water, it had to be heated on an outdoor samovar and brought in. We today, ordinary people, are better off and more comfortable than the wealthiest kings and queens of the past. Add to this that today our children routinely go to school and are literate and many go on to higher education. In medieval Europe, 99% of people couldn't write their names and that included kings and queens. Today we live in countries like this one, for example, where the only thing limiting your material growth and learning and career advancement is yourself. There is a fintech bootcamp happening in Winnick, West England University, tomorrow. It's free. It's a whole day bootcamp. It's free and they throw in the, the lunch for free. We have sent out many, many notices and reminders. I don't know how many of you have registered for that. Believe me, whether you register or not, is an indicator of how serious you are about your own career. So if you end up and spend the rest of your life standing in a gas station behind the counter, it is you. Don't say you didn't have the responsibility, you didn't have the opportunity. That is you. That's what you decided to do to yourself.
right the reason i'm telling you is that it is still open whatever you're doing take the day off go and sit and listen to people your mind will open how else will you learn right do that as i said it's your call don't want to do that don't do it it's your life we live in a world today where anyone willing to make the effort can get to the top there are examples all over see who are the people today heading major corporations whose turnover is more than the gdp of many countries not a single one of them is a hereditary monarch or from any nobility of any kind every single one of them is an ordinary within quotes ordinary human being who decided to take his life in his own hands and work there was a time not too long ago and as i said one of the benefits of living as long as i have lived is we have seen all this actual physical fact there was a time not too long ago where if you were not born into the right family your fate was sealed today your present situation doesn't decide if you will succeed or fail it only decides where you need to start if you have ambition and determination if you seek feedback if you are willing remember i'm not saying accept feedback i'm saying seek feedback so step more than that if you are willing to learn sleep less and work hard nothing but death can stop you despite all of this which i mentioned about the time i was growing up we enjoyed life enormously and we have wonderful memories not because we had stuff but because we had attitude an attitude of gratitude that was inculcated into us from the earliest and that is what is most necessary in the way we raise children today teach them to value people and use stuff not to value stuff and use people not the other way around thankfulness is the open secret of happiness so while we look at what is all that is wrong in society which seems to be what we talk all the time so stop talking that stuff so while we look at all what is wrong in society let us reflect on what is right and believe me there is far more right than what is wrong let me continue today our major preoccupation is covid right let me put that also into perspective the justinian plague which started in 541 ce that is when in the time of rasulullah sallam it wiped out 40% of the arab population while the exact origins of the plague are unclear it is estimated that in constantinople one city alone 300000 people died in the first year of the outbreak that was 50% of the population of constantinople it's called the justinian plague because that was the name of the roman emperor the byzantine emperor at the time justinian the first in constantinople there were an average of 5000 deaths every day and on some days it peaked to 10000 deaths they simply stopped burying people because they could not bury people one of the historians wrote that everyone who could die died the justinian plague 
itself is estimated to have killed 50 million people, which was 50% of the population of the world at the time. It spread across Asia, North Africa, Arabia, and Europe. Now the punchline. The Justinian plague had a mortality rate of 78%. 78%. Death would come two days after infection. If you had an enormous, strong constitution, you died five days later. And then this plague resurfaced every 10 years from 1348 to 1665, 40 times in 300 years. The plague does not exist today. Eradicated. Another major killer was the smallpox, which had a mortality rate of 30%, 30%. Those who survived lived with permanent scars on the face. I know some people who have that. A professor from DePaul University, Thomas Mokaitis, he writes, there hasn't been a kill-off in human history to match what happened in the Americas due to smallpox, where 90 to 95 percent of the indigenous population, Native Americans, were wiped out over a century. 95 percent gone. Mexico went from a population of 11 million to 1 million. 10 million out of 11 million died. One of those who's alleged to have used smallpox as a germ of biological warfare weapon against Native Americans, right here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, is Field Marshal Lord Jeffrey Amherst. Name familiar, right? Field Marshal Lord Jeffrey Amherst, first Baron Amherst who allegedly ordered that blankets infected with the discharge of smallpox sores should be sold to Native Americans. They made money even there. This was done, and the result in a population which had no resistance to the disease was predictable. It wiped them out. Smallpox was eradicated in 1981. Now, compare this fatality rate, this mortality rate, of plague, 78%, and smallpox, 30%, to COVID-19, which never exceeded 1.5%. So what do you want to say about COVID-19 now? Eh? You should seriously go in sujood and thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillah, Allah gave us, when a pandemic had to come, it came something like this. 68%, you know what that means? 78%, you know what that means? 30% means 1 in 3. 1.5%. At the peak. The fact is that if we look at change over time, the world today is healthier, richer, and better educated than any time in the past. Now, this does not mean that there are no problems. Obviously, there are problems, many of them new ones. To solve them, we must learn to collaborate and work together across boundaries of culture and race and religion and nationality. We must collaborate and share our blessings for the greater good of everyone. We like to talk about the global village, but we don't usually remember 
that one of the results of being in a village is that what happens to one will affect the others. We are in this together, the same boat, to sink or swim as we wish. أقول قولي هذا استغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله همدا كثيرا كما أمر ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله قال تعالى إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد ما برادرز سسترز ناو لوكينج ات وات اي سيد تو يو فروم ان اسلامك انجل ديرفور وي ماست دو ثري ثينجز وي ماست تشينج ذا واي وي كونكت تو الله سبحانه وتعالى اند رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم نمبر 2 وي ماست تشينج ذا واي وي ايجوكيت اند نمبر 3 we must change the way we relate to each other as i mentioned to you last friday given ever more powerful technology there is a tendency to get disconnected with allah subhanahu wa taala and to lose confidence in the sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam because our minds are filled with the so called glory of mod of the modern world our role models are billionaires people with money and so on and so forth i have talked about this at length so i'm not going to waste your time now so the result is that we lose confidence in the one we worship allah subhanahu wa taala and we lose confidence in the power of the sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam now we must reflect and we must reconnect with allah subhanahu wa taala through tahajjud and through the quran by reflecting on his jalla jalaluhu glory and majesty and his innumerable blessings on us we must remember and remind ourselves that allah subhanahu wa taala is the creator of the creator of the technology technology is nothing new Humans have had access to technology for millennia and some of that is of such high complexity that we don't even understand it yet yet we see its amazing traces and effects which leave us astonished i can give you a long list of stuff but i will not do that i will mention just one of which one of them which allah subhanahu wa taala mentioned in the quran and that was the story of the man who brought the throne of the queen of saba from its location the kingdom of saba was in today's rubal khali in yemen to jerusalem a distance of 1789 kilometers 1111 miles 
he brought a huge physical object in a way we don't understand instantaneously in the blink of an eye you want to talk technology that's technology it's not magic magic does not produce actual physical results magic is deception he produced an actual physical result why did allah tell us this story allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us this story to teach us how to deal with advanced technology when we see it and that lesson is in the words of sulaiman alayhi salam which allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned which teaches how to keep connected with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala despite whatever technology comes our way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said qala alladhi 'indahu ilmun min al-kitabi ana atika bihi qabla an yartadda ilayka tarfuk falamma ra'ahu mustaqirran 'indahu qala hadha min fadli rabbi liyabluwani a'ashkuru am akfur wa man shakara fa innama yashkuru li nafsihi wa man kafara fa inna rabbi ghaniyyun karim Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just think about reflect on this is the whole thing about reading the, it's just not a matter of reading the Quran and reading a translation the issue is to think about it reflect on it first and foremost think about the 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 tone of this ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not telling us this was an amazing event which never happened before this is so unique this is so magnificent so massive no Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this as some routine thing which happens all the time Allah did not even mention the name of the person who did this right Allah said one of those who had knowledge of the scripture Allah did not even say which kitab Man said I will bring it to you because the ayat before this the ifrut ifritu min al jin the the big jin The, the 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 chief of the jinns he said i will bring this to you before your majlis ends before your meeting ends and he said ana qawiyun amin i am strong and i am also trustworthy then allah says there was a man there who said i am not going anywhere and i don't need all this time yeah he said before you blink your eye it will be here in the twinkling of an eye and then when suleiman alayhi salam saw it placed before him what did he say did he say mashallah 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 sahibul karamat wali allah you are in my presence no he didn't even talk to the man he said hada min fadli rabbi he said this is the blessing the fadl of my rabb first point hada min fadli rabbi Number two, why to test me, Liya Buluani? To test me if I am grateful or ungrateful. Huh? This is teaching us. This is to teach us what we should do when we are faced with technology. Believe me, there's a lot. We've got a long way to go before we can we can find this kind of technology. Uh, it'll be lovely, right? I can tell you before the ikhamat is over, I'll go to the haram and come back and you know make tawaf and come back here. 
Yes, we got a long way to go, believe me, technologically. Today, our AI and our technology is really doing what we do anyway. It just does it faster, it does it because of robots and whatnot, whatnot. Take anything, it just replicates human action and human behavior. That's it. There's nothing new. There's no need to get overpowered with it. No need to get so, you know, maroob. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, says what? He said, Allah sent this to test. Whether I'm grateful or ungrateful. And he says, the one who is grateful is grateful for himself. And the one who is ungrateful is ungrateful for himself. My Rabb is Ghani Yun Kareem. He's free from all wants. And he is the most generous and the most bountiful. The best example of the importance of having confidence in the sunnah of Rasulullah is the behavior of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab In 637-638, when Jerusalem was conquered, Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab, the patriarch of Jerusalem, was a guy, guy called Sophronius, and he demanded that he would give the key to the city only to the commander of the faithful, to the Amir Mumineen. So they sent word, Khalid bin Walid and, and, and uh, Ubaidah bin al-Jarrah, they sent word to Sayyidina Umar. So Sayyidina Umar came, and we know the whole story, I, I, I don't have to tell you. So when they came, and as they saw Sayyidina Umar coming, he says, the man with patched clothes and, you know, in tat, what kind of thing is this? Ab, uh, Ubaida, Abu Ubaida ibn al-Jarrah actually said to Sayyidina Umar, he said to him, Amir Mumineen, please change your clothes. You know, we, we've got clothes here for you. Please change your clothes. These people are, you know, they were, Sophronius was in gold and brocade and, you know, all kinds of things, right? He was a patriarch of the, of the Eastern Roman Empire. So, he, big man. So, change your clothes. Sayyidina Umar said to him, he said, the only thing that saves you from me is that Rasulullah loved you. <laughs> he said, otherwise he would have, I would have beaten you. He said, the only thing which saves you from me is that Rasulullah loved you. He said, do you want me to give up what gave us victory and take to the ways of the people we defeated. Hmm? There's a beautiful story, that whole story. I mean, I don't have the time now, inshallah. At some point, I'll tell you the wonderful story of the conquest of Jerusalem by Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab. He was the Amir. The conquest by Khalid bin Walid and Abu Ubaidah. Beautiful, beautiful story. In that process also, they sat down for a meal. Something fell on the on the uh, tablecloth, on you know, they're sitting on the ground, sufra. Sayyidina Umar picked it up, dusted it, ate it. Oh, bad manners, how can you do that? Yeah. Sayyidina Umar said, this is the beautiful sunnah of my Habib, Rasulullah This is the meaning of confidence. This is the meaning of confidence. The second thing we need to change is the way we educate. We have fractured education and we teach the Quran as if there is no creation and we teach about the creation as if there is no Allah. This has to change. Integrated teaching. But integrating the teaching with the result that a person will see the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his creation. My brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us how to teach. And he told us the result of that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, I will be laying in a shaitan al-rajim. 
ان في خلق السماوات والارض واختلاف الليل والنهار لايات لاولي الالباب الذين يذكرون الله قياما وقعودا وعلى جنوبهم ويتفكرون ويتفكرون في خلق السماوات والارض ربنا ما خلقت هذا باطلا سبحانك سبحانك فقنا عذاب النار الله سبحانه وتعالى said which means verily and truly in the creation of the heavens and the earth and the alternation of the night and the day there are signs for people of understanding people who reflect who are these people of understanding people who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala standing sitting and lying down people who reflect on the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then what happens when they do that they say oh our rab you have not created all of this in vain it is not something which is just created like that without a purpose you created all this with a purpose and save us from the hellfire so they remember their own meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all of us that is there and brothers and sisters please understand Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent us this quran this kalam with signs a sign is not a picture a picture can be good or not a picture can be simple or complex a picture can be <coughs> can be admired or disliked it's inert but a sign has meaning a sign points to something a sign promises something a sign promises consequences if you go through a red light and you say if you get a ticket and you tell the officer that i thought this was christmas decoration it will not save you from the ticket because ignorance is not a defense in law allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us signs let us think about those signs let us reflect on those signs the signs are the ayat the the kalam of allah the book of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the signs are the signs in the creation of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allah said inna fi khalqi samawati wal ardi wa ikhtilafi layli wan nahari la ayat surely there are signs in the creation of the heavens and the earth and the alternation of the night and the day there are signs we need to teach and learn in a way <coughs> where we learn to see the signs of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then to respond to those signs and to think about those signs and to connect ourselves back to the akhirah to the meeting with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from which there is Uh, which we look forward to it's not a question of escaping it's we look forward to this meeting and we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his uh, forgiveness and for his mercy and the third thing we need to change is the basis on which we relate to one another it's high time and critical to connect to one another on the basis that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declared for us and resolve any differences we may have and recreate the brotherhood of faith the ummah of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam forgive each other forgive each other learn to work with each other learn to work with people who are different from us allah said wa'tasimu bihablillahi jami'an wa la tafarraqu allah said do not form divisions hold on to the path of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the rope of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala together and don't create divisions allah did not say la takhtalifu he did not say don't have a difference of opinion he said la tafarraqu he said don't create sects don't create groups don't create divisions don't say i won't pray behind this one and that one right my brothers and sisters we must build bridges between family members between community members 
between friends, between members of society, and we must learn to work together across boundaries of culture and belief and language and race and ethnicity. We must work together because in the end, we are all creatures of one Creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu, to whom is our return. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for His mercy and for His help to enable us to live in a way that benefits us all in this dunya wal akhirah. ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر لنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكوننا من الخاسرين لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الظالمين رب اغفر وارحم وأنت خير الراحمين يا عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يعمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم عدو يستجيب لكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون